Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 182nd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brenda White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And the Jessica Chobot to my Greg Miller, Miss Allie Hart. How you doing for episode 182 of THG? I'm absolutely fl- flattered by that uh, compliment there, Jessica Chobot. I would have thought I was more of a Greggy, just being an absolute dork and I enjoy eating, but I guess that's any of us at the 8-Bit group, really, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't really narrow it down yeah. much, does it? It's, <laughs> it's a very broad stroke <laughs> description that could be apt for most of the people we deal with. So it's true. Uh, I'll take Jessica Chobot. Yeah, she, she's a good operator. You mm. know, all you got to do, you just got to dye that hair a little bit lighter, but she has had Darker. a few years of dark hair. So, oh, she's dark She's again. dark, yeah, dark hair again. See, so full spoilers. I did not watch the Dice Awards yesterday, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's uh, there's my real truth for the weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah, episode one eighty two. Back in the just the duo session this week. Uh, thanks again to Jack Cruz for jumping on episode one eighty one. It was ooh. a ton of fun to have him back behind the microphone with us talking all the video games. But uh, yeah, full disclosure, episode one eighty two. We're going to try and make this a bit of a tighter, more focused episode because we are. A little bit time sensitive, but uh, I guess first and foremost to, to yourself and as well all the listeners out there, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Day of love and everyone feels either extremely special or extremely alone. But just remember people, a day doesn't validate you. It's mostly commercial and for people who love to show off all the things in their life to show it off um, and, you know, the rest of us can just enjoy life as it is, so... Don't let the day get you down, kids. 100%. And it's it's funny, like, I see the contrast. I was, like, at work during the week and talking to a few of my, my sort of colleagues there. And I'm like, what do you got planned for Valentine's Day? And and uh, one, one of my sort of close workmates there who's been with his partner, I think, for 14 years, they've never celebrated Valentine's Day. He sort of forgot it was even coming up. So Ooh. I'm like, do you, even, do you get your partner, like flowers or chocolates or whatever he's like no don't really do anything talk to one of the other guys do you do anything no you go anywhere no so it's it's good to see that people can still survive so as like sort of jumping on the back of what you said don't feel that you're invalid because you're not doing anything or you don't have a partner or the partner is just around the corner because it's just a day at the end of the day where hallmark are making all this cash for their romance cards and uh no, florists, it's, it's the boon time of year for florists. I Which can, is a uh, rip-off. I can say that from personal experience. It is a rip-off. I'm sorry. Speaking as a female and like uh, as a, who should be a receiver of flowers, I'm going to tell people just stop it. I don't care what your partner says. Stop flowers. It's expensive and they die in like a week, maybe less. It really is. Give your partner a potato. At least that will possibly grow or it can turn into something delicious. 100%. You know, it's it's like a Swiss army knife. It's, yeah. it's got a lot of utility potato. You can do a lot of things with it. Just don't mash it and give it to your partner because that could lead to divorce. Only in your words. Yeah, it's true. I'll tell you <laughs> what, if, if Rach gave me mashed potatoes for Valentine's Day, there would be trouble. Someone would be on the couch and it wouldn't be me. That's for damn sure. But anyway, 
moving on. Let's uh let's talk about what we've been doing this week. Ooh. Sadly, I haven't had a chance to play Table Manners. I've got my hands on a copy. I've installed it on Steam, but haven't got around to playing it because this Apex bug has firmly bit me on the behind. Where is the invite, son? So much. I know. It's just because I've been playing late at night. And uh, I know you'd be sleeping. Yeah. Like, haven't had a chance to sort of sneak in a few games here or there, like in the morning or like late afternoon or anything like that. It's just night sessions. So, mm-hmm. been playing a bit, getting better. Got, I think we've got five, five or four season four wins so far. Nice. So, so, getting there, getting a few W's. Uh, my aim is slowly but surely improving. But man, I was raging last night. Like, they're running a, a limited Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of theme experience at the moment where you can like duos are back so you and your your, your apex partner can get double xp as well as uh you know ascend up the duo ranks together for the next uh week i think it ends on the 19th or thereabouts for mm. for people in the u.s and um yeah 18th here for australia if i recall so it's a pretty cool way to get some xp and get them levels up but uh yeah no wins in duos few wins in uh in standard squads but just loving it i'm just the the bug the itch is back. It's I've been bitten. All those sort of all those tropes, all those stereotypes. <laughs> I've got them all right now, and I'm loving some Apex Legends. Oh, I just need to know now that you're really into it and you've grinded out, you got some wins. Have has your main changed, or are you, have you been switching it out? Like it's it's tough. Like I have been jumping around. Like was playing a bit of Revenant, obviously because he's the new hotness. Mm-hmm. But my my sort of rotation that I've sort of narrowed it down to now is uh, Lifeline Wraith. Bangalore or Revenant they seem to be the four okay. but I've sort of settled uh the last couple of nights I've settled on Wraith so I'm Ooh. just trying to get good with her uh mm-hmm. just trying to use her little warp uh, ulti she can utilize sort of work out best ways to use that work out the best ways to use her little cloaking ability uh and and just try and get better as as playing in that play style uh, my my aim on certain guns, I've realized, it, it sh- you think it should be consistent gun to gun aiming, but it really isn't. Like there's a few guns I use where I may as well be just throwing abusive words at someone to try and hurt them because I can't hit shit with certain guns. And clunky. God, it makes me so angry, especially with shotguns. Like yeah. shotguns, it's, you know, it's spray and pray, bullet spread and everything like that. But it doesn't seem to be reflective at times, especially with an Eva Eight. Like it's an automatic shotgun, and I couldn't hit the side of a barn yesterday in a in a in a two v one. Like I dropped down one, and I was popping this other dude from. It felt like he was three meters away from me, and I couldn't lay an even like one hit marker on him, and I was getting so angry, and I swore so much. Um, it was not not good, but anyway, I'm still enjoying the game. That's good. Have you been playing much? No, I kind of had like. I really haven't been able to jump on as of lately. Um, I was this actually kind of moves on to what I've been playing. I actually switched on the Xbox. Anyone that follows me on social media would have seen the post of me saying, "Yeah, I actually turned on my Xbox and loaded it up because this sucker has been paying for a game <laughs> and hasn't been yeah. using it." I, I saw this. I nearly spat my coffee out in the morning yeah. when I saw that on your Instagram stories. I'm like, lies. This is, <laughs> this is not the alley hunt we know. What is going on here? <laughs> Quickly, call the cops. She's been kidnapped or something, brainwashed. But um, it was pretty – it was actually a bit of a hassle to kind of switch it on and, you know, update and figure everything out and, you know, kind of get it back to where it should be. And I was going to play Apex on the Xbox, but then I figure – 
like I'm I'm so used to playing it on PC, so I don't want to have to readjust and readjust. Like, because yep. I do mouse and keyboard on PC, so I thought, oh, I'll stay away from Apex on the Xbox just so I can keep some consistency. So then that's when I kind of went through all the games on Game Pass. Um, so many. So many, and so many good ones. So many yeah. that, like, I've missed out on. The Witcher is on there as well, which I kind of looked at. And, yeah, there's a bunch on there. Oh, my God, I almost downloaded Sunset Overwatch just for, the, um, just for shits and giggles. But Overdrive, Sunset Overdrive, sorry. Yeah, but um, yeah, maybe you think of two games. Maybe you saw Sunset Overdrive sitting beside Overwatch, and you're like, oh, no, "Download no, them both." No, no Overwatch, but yeah, s- still the the amount of games you get for that um, Game Pass is incredible. I feel so stupid that I haven't been using it at all until now. Yeah, so. like I, I know it's something that we we highlight pretty regularly we on do. the show, <laughs> but do. maybe we don't emphasize just how good it is. Yeah, like, for the price, <laughs> for anyone especially that is a little bit you know light or more conscious of their wallet it is a great way to get a ton of games at your fingertips playable anytime and a lot of them are well obviously with the xbox exclusives or the the microsoft i should say exclusives they're day one released and available instantly but you get a lot of these cult classics and a lot of these big triple a titles for 10 11 bucks a month it's the best yeah it's incredible and the best thing is is that it's also you know like you said a bunch of new releases a bunch of older titles and just all different kinds of genres it almost has that um that kind of like netflix issue though where sometimes having so much choice kind of leaves you like paralyzed on picking something because you're like i could play this or i could start that or i could start this but eventually i saw a game that had been on my radar i can't remember if i saw it at e3 or if Mm -hmm. i saw it on like a nintendo direct or where i saw it but it was a little trailer for a game called felix the reaper it looks crazy like it's only been out a few months (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh i i I think i saw it at at some conference same with you in, in one of those maybe the indie sizzle reels that mm. they throw out there yeah it was but very tell quick. me about it I'm, I'm loving the art style it's mm-hmm. it's like a puzzler uh you're playing felix the reaper mm-hmm. uh, who is the bringer of death and he loves to dance right yeah yeah it's that that was like my whole appeal because he kind of reminds me of that character uh from what is it it's the disney or pixar movie big hero eight the big blobby oh, guy yeah. it kind of yeah, reminded yeah. me of him but he's a reaper um and he dances he's got like a little cassette walkman and some headphones so while he's doing his job um of like you know bringing death um he's constantly like got these like cool moves and dancing so what the game is it's a 3d puzzler and you've essentially got to like sort out these puzzles so you can line up an incident so you're when you appear time freezes in this puzzle world um you're only allowed to go on shadowed spaces if you hit areas of light where the sun touches you get hurt um so you're manipulating shadows to create paths so that you can set up the essentially the situation which gets someone killed so once you complete the puzzle the you know the whole plan lays out and you watch someone die or get attacked or you know move on to the next step which eventually leads to death it's kind of cool it's it's like hear that play out it sounds like it's almost reverse dexter like you're not trying to to reverse engineer how the person died you're you're the the artist that's that's sculpting this scene and putting it all together and Mm -hmm. um, i've been watching a few trailers and things like that and it's cool that once you get all these objects and and things that cause the incidents in a row and yeah it plays it out in full and you can see your your hard work realized Mm -hmm. it's 
It's so quirky. The art is great. Yeah, it is. The, the art's fantastic. The music is kind of good. Like I thought it was going to be probably a bit more boppy and jazzy, like because because of his dancing is so like so groovy. But you know, the music's fine. It doesn't like get irritating in any sense of the matter. But um, essentially, the reason the story behind the character is he's in love with a, a character that brings life. So what the um, developer of this game said, it's a story about um, like life and death. And the reason mm. your reaper wants to become a reaper because he goes to the main world and he just assumes because life and death go hand in hand, he will see his love called Betty, who is a bringer Betty the of maiden. life. Yeah, she's <laughs> a shit. They always draw her quite a quite curious, very like pinup. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but um, the game is very comical. It's not like dark and serious. It's a very comical, light-hearted game. I'm not a puzzle person, so for me, I've ha- I've you know reached Struggle Street many times during this game, but I I've just continued and persevered through it. So you know, it's a part of Game Pass. So if you've got Game Pass, I definitely recommend giving it a go, especially if you want something different, if you're not a puzzler kind of person. It's it's adorable, it's sweet, and um, I just think give it a go, have a look at the trailer, look at it online, see if it um, might be something that interests you. It looks cool. It looks like something that would be out of a Tim Burton universe. Hmm. Yeah. Like it's just these quirky looking characters, really cool, vibrant art style. Can I ask the controls? Like it's hmm. you, you're playing on Xbox, so it's it's stick controls yeah. or is it sort of okay because i think on pc it's almost you can do point and click as well but i wouldn't be surprised essentially yeah you are taking the character of felix and you're kind of like pointing him in the place that you need him to go to either pick up an item move an item you also have for using a controller you use the bumper uh bumpers to manipulate shadow so like okay. so, so you manipulate like the situation of the earth so sometimes the sun won't be on you, but you have to manipulate it so the sun is in oh, a different okay. direction and it moves the shadow so you can go to a different path. So you got like this day-night cycle that you can you can mess with with time. Yeah, it's it's mostly like more like moving like the earth or the sun direction. You don't really have night oh, and day. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's about manipulating where the shadow paths go because items sometimes can contrast the shadow, placing it down, but it's yeah it's all about making the setting the path through shadows but you know sometimes you have to have a sunlight in one area sometimes you gotta have shadow in another area that's generally where you run into a lot of issues in doing this puzzle where pathways suddenly just disappear or just become difficult it looks great and and apparently as per the uh the sizzle reel on steam uh 50 plus levels at your disposal Mm -hmm. to uh find your beloved and um, very unique, very unique worlds for each of these death scenes. You can see sort of deserty ones, mm-hmm. uh, ice ice capped areas, sort yep. of forestry areas. And uh, Kong Orange, the developer, this almost looks like that it's just about their first game. Like mm. I can't see any other listings from them on Steam, and they've got like another game called Heartbeats: A Galactic Requiem that almost looks like a visual novel. Um, so this is their first real major foray into game development by the looks of things. So yeah. it's, it's cool to see and very positive reviews on Steam. So I think it's I think they're doing well. Yeah, it, like I said, if if you've got Game Pass, definitely check it out. It's at no cost to you. Um, and if not, just check it out online. See if it's your kind of thing. Hell yeah, I'm uh I'm thinking I'm gonna get to play this on Game Pass. Like, yeah, it's free for me, so I got nothing to uh nothing, nothing to hold me back except a bit of time playing table manners this week as well, and probably more <laughs> Apex and getting yes. angry and 
having burst blood vessels in my eyes and a big pulsing vein down my forehead and <laughs> oh my god it's uh those battle royale games just the elevation of stress is uh something that you don't really think about until you're in those games, but my goodness, it's probably not good for my ticket, that's for sure. Uh, for me, it's more, like, I feel like, especially with Battle Royales, like, it's certain people, they get certain triggers. I get, like, a hysterical, like, adrenaline trigger. Like, I just start laughing. Like, for me, it's just, like, like just high-paced, like, laughter. Like, I'm like, ah, like, I suck. And my team probably hates me, but this is a blast. I love it. And then other I, I people. I need to take a leaf out of your book. Well, some people like get really anxious playing it because they feel like a lot of pressure. And then there's people like you who just absolutely rage out. So yep. I feel like yep, people approach me. them like very differently. People don't like to play with me because I don't take it too seriously. So, but I think that's a good way to play. I need to get like that. Well, not I don't take it always fully seriously. I just got to tone down my uh, my anger levels. That's for damn sure. Because this game triggers me more than more than most. <laughs> really? Even more than yeah. Overwatch. Yeah, more than I'm, more than Overwatch. I'm, I'm, I need to take a, a leaf out of, uh, is it Zenyatta? I need to take a lift out of, leaf out of Zenyatta's book there and and get into Zen and get a full spiritual cleansing happening Ooh, because yeah, it's, it's probably not good for me long term. That's it. And uh, if you guys are looking for more tranquility, Eight Bit Day has come and gone, and with that, a heap of tranquil new content. So head on over to eightbit.net and you can see the latest podcasts which are joining the stable the inconsolables longtime friends of ours based all across the australias has finally jumped on board with us and uh we've also had a new upstart called welcome to knob switch which is a monster of the week style uh D oriented live action role play uh that has our very own benny on board uh kaz helms that show with a couple of other very talented uh personalities from when the the video game and geek culture space here in australia uh, we also announced han rolled first which is our uh, live action star wars dnd playthrough which is getting uh dm'd by none other than nato and uh also starring myself benny jono jack and salim the dream uh who is back on the mic playing a slimy slimy government officials so uh you know clearly he didn't have to role play much for that role that's for damn sure <laughs> and the last announcement as far as new content uh the hungry game show kicks off Ooh. in march so it's going to be a fortnightly offshoot on the same rss feed as the hungry game is just to make it easy but uh every two weeks uh, i'll be hosting a one-shot game show uh sort of q a trivia session with various members of the 8-bit collective as well as various members of the gaming world as a whole and we are going to be focusing on their potential specialized game or favorite game and i'm going to theme that game show to their uh, gaming kink and we're going to see who uh who can make their way up the top of the scoreboard and at the end of the season maybe they will win something but most probably not but uh yeah four podcasts joining the stable check it out now is the time to get on board with a lot of new content 8bit.net or 8bitnation.net for all your links and be sure just to rate review subscribe those podcasts just to get them tracking early and often because that can help really you know bring on a lot of new listeners and a lot of new fans for these shows uh it's the lifeblood and thanks to everyone has been checking out the hungry games lately as well we have been charting really well as of late even in random places such as South Africa. So Ooh. thank you to our listeners over there in Joburg and, and the surrounds. It really means a lot that you're checking out The Hungry Gamers. 
But uh, yeah, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other podcasts in the hashtag 8 Collective because it truly means the world. But let's get into some news, shall we? This week's news headlines. All right. And one last shout out. Just wanted to thank everybody in the 8-Bit Discord for helping us out with this week's news. You are the real MVPs slinging us some nice little news nuggets for us to tackle here on the show. Uh, It was a nice way to uh, unpack a few things and also get some coverage and awareness on some things that may have missed our radar this past week because there's a lot of news out there. So appreciate that and be sure to uh, join our Discord. Best way to do that is obviously 8bitnation.net and there's a direct link straight to the Discord there. Jump on. Get in the Discord, have a chat, have a laugh, get amongst it. But all right, first bit of news. The first gameplay details and an epic trailer was shown for co-op sci-fi looter shooter Outriders. Ooh. Did you check out this trailer this week? Did you miss no, it? Have you I, seen I it? actually, I missed the trailer. However, my social media has been absolutely flooded with this title. Like... Um, I think even like Twitch as a platform were advertising it and pushing it through, but then just certain members of like the gaming community that I follow on social media, they went to like promotional events, they've been pumping it, they've been talking about it. So they're going pretty ham on this one. Yeah, like it's it's a fantastic, fantastic trailer. It's sort of like some descriptions and crossovers that I've sort of seen mentioned. It's like Doom meets Gears of War meets the monsters from lord of the rings type of thing so yeah so people can fly is the developer behind this Uh, they did Bulletstorm for anyone that's looking for something that was released semi-recently to sort of know what they're up to and um the game itself it's a dark third person cover-based shooter set in a brutal nightmarish world that ticks all the usual light rpg boxes as far as classes skill trees customization and rarity based loot acquisition so um you know it's it's something that's it looks great the the opening trailer and then some some of the trailers showing the world and the story of outriders it's really cool you know earth was dying uh so so humanity has has sort of moved out into space they land on this random planet various things on the planet consume the humans and then sort of turn them into like meta humans almost where they've got abilities and things and also mutate some of the the wildlife for the worse as well Mm. so that's sort of it in a nutshell think think of like avatar i guess on steroids with a little bit more blood and guts and and maturity attached to it so Mm. it's really cool anyone that hasn't checked it i'd really recommend checking out the the sort of launch trailer that dropped this week and then there's also like i think 15 minutes of gameplay uh shooting around the internet now as well and then also some some backstory uh fleshing out with with world and sort of story diaries from the developers themselves so uh, i'm keen this thing looks great i'm just looking at the thumbnails now and now a lot of things are actually making sense so to no surprise anyone i follow a lot of content creators that are very destiny involved and I'm mm-hmm. just like looking at the thumbnail and I'm like, I've, I've seen mention a few times and I can see where some people are trying to make connections to Destiny with this title. So um, it looks like there's a few different like subclasses that you might be able to ch- uh, choose. So yeah. um, graphically, it looks really, really beautiful, but obviously we'll see what you know comes of it in results. So I, I yeah. might look into this a little bit more. It looks really cool. Uh, obviously, the, the sort of camera angle, it looks like it's almost... 
cut from a fr- cut from a gears mold like it's mm-hmm. that over the shoulder third person really tight quarters directly over over your character's shoulder sort of style view but yeah i, I can see those destiny comparisons and you know that's not a bad thing destiny's a hell of a game uh the the loot shooter sci-fi rpg thing they've got that down pat so yeah i'm keen to see what what more of this happens it's it's slated for release uh, holiday 2020 so it's going to be releasing on current consoles as well as the the series x the playstation 5 and uh pc as well so uh this might be one of those day one pickups in in parallel with with the next gen console which mm. which i'm excited for yeah be playing the shit out of this on my series x <laughs> PlayStation. But yeah yeah that too it's gonna be a very expensive christmas very expensive christmas very expensive but yeah people can fly in outriders i'm keen something else that uh i'm very keen for and uh, as mentioned before uh, this was highlighted to us on the discord as well so uh thank you to that there is a free last of us 2 dynamic theme currently available on the playstation store it showcases ellie and changes from day to night based off the playstation's internal clock Ooh. so uh that day night uh, cycle does does change as well as the the overall look and feel of this theme on your playstation depending on if it's am and pm mm-hmm. uh, if you are here in australia you can use the code 9 dek pkngn four four five to get access to the code uh, the, there's also codes for the US and, and the other Asian regions as well. Uh, maybe just jump on and Google to grab those. I don't want to chuck another couple of codes on here to muddy up the show, but it is available and that code will be valid from what I saw until February of 2021. So Ooh. it isn't something you need to act on immediately, but it would do it because it is a very, very great looking little theme and it can mix up that uh, that home dashboard. Mm, I love me a dynamic theme. I love that PlayStation has had those. I have dropped my money to have a nice dynamic thing on my PlayStation really? page. Yeah, I'm a sucker. Um, yeah. Kind of disappointed when I loaded up my Xbox and realized all you can do is... Um, the back image. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm and like, how oh. transparent the, the tiles are in front of that image so you yeah. can see more of it or less of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So hopefully that's something that they fix up. But one thing that Microsoft does great is the avatars. Uh, your, your sort of <laughs> Xbox avatars, they are they are fantastic, and that's that's one thing I've always loved with with Microsoft and Xbox is just that little layer of customization that the PlayStation doesn't have. Obviously, you've got your little icon, mm. your little thumbnail on on PlayStation, but Xbox go above and beyond that and fully customized, posable, movable avatars. I saw your uh, your latest iteration, very true to form. It was a little too uncanny. I had a lot of messages from people just laughing and saying like, a little too accurate, don't you think? And I'm like, well, mm. Don't know. This is a lot about me. If you want to see it, I posted it on my social media. So Hell yeah. At Miss Ellie Hart. Check it out. All right. The next uh, bit of news. Drew Carpishin, lead writer of Mass Effect 1 and 2 has joined Archetype Entertainment. This is the new studio uh, started by Wizards on the Coast Mm -hmm. that we mentioned on episode 180. So they are really, really scaling up their Mm -hmm. staffing and plundering as many people from Bioware as they can. He's he's a good hire. Like Mass Effect 1 and 2 are debatably some of the best games in in Bioware's entire stable, especially number two. It's it's one of my favorite games of all time. So having the lead writer from some massive big sci-fi RPGs jumping on to helm their 
as yet untitled sci-fi rpg is is only gonna be a good thing yeah this can only be just one big fuck you or like just someone just you know filling their belt with the best of the best um too many cooks though maybe maybe and maybe that could have been the downfall on the back end with with some of the other inner workings of bioware with uh, andromeda and the like so Ooh. so who knows i guess guess we'll find out in the coming months or more more appropriately probably the coming years as far as what this game's about and, and how it's going to come but Ooh. uh yes another big loss from bioware and on that uh same train of thought anthem is getting a major overhaul and this is confirmed by bioware this past week and here's just a little bit of news by matt kim at ign BioWare General Manager Casey Hudson announced in a new blog post that the developers of BioWare will be redesigning Anthem that will reinvent, in quotes, the core gameplay loop. This effort is meant to be a larger overhaul for Anthem instead of just a series of updates and expansions. In an official BioWare blog post, Hudson thanked readers for one year of Anthem, a game he says represented a big leap into new territory for us as a studio. Hudson acknowledged that since launch, there has been critical feedback from fans saying Anthem needs a more satisfying loot experience, longer, uh, better long-term progression, and a more fulfilling end game. Over the coming months, we'll be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, Hudson said, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards, while preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting, end quote. So uh, you can't really fault Casey Hudson and Bioware for, I guess, putting their hand up and sort of, my bad, this game is not what I guess we anticipated it to be, mm-hmm. or maybe it was, but we just didn't think this was going to be the feedback we'd be receiving. Yeah. So they're going to dip into their, their pockets, shell out a lot of money in development and retooling this game from the ground up to see if it can maybe get life in year two or maybe year three because they didn't really outline when this change is going to happen. They do say over the coming months, but does that mean just the development cycles kicking in over the coming months or Mm. we're going to see these redesigns reflected in the game by maybe mid of this year? What what do you think about this? Do you think Mm. this is too little too late or you think there's still hope for for Anthem? Look, I I kind of feel like this statement from Hudson actually comes off the um, article which kind of pointed out that the Christmas lights were still up on the uh, Anthem servers. So like Mm -hmm. a lot of games, much like in Destiny, they usually decorate the main area, the main hub that a lot of players kind of start off at. And, um, you know, they had the Christmas lights out just to celebrate the uh, holiday season. But unfortunately, a lot of players kind of pointed out that they hadn't taken it down in February and it was still up. And um, I believe an article even said even like the company has forgotten about Anthem. Like, <laughs> so um, in regards to Maybe Anthem. Maybe they're just very passionate. Maybe they just love Christmas. Just fucking love Christmas on that planet. Um, <laughs> but um, in regards to Anthem as a game, Anthem was a good gorgeous looking game um there was Mm -hmm. a lot of mechanics that i did enjoy about it but i remember straight off the bat that i got bored quick yes i know kettle black from the destiny player but i just felt with this game that there was nothing drawing me in or you know making me want to continue playing so the fact that in this post hudson is kind of pointing out that element like he's not saying that like you know the anything in regards to gameplay wise like you know like handling or character design or, you know, world building, none of that needed work. He himself is saying that people need rewards. They need a need to come back. So 
if they can fix it, if they can see what they need to get done and fix it, I am willing to give Anthem another go. Saying that, I should probably pick up a $3 copy if they're just going to, you know, <laughs> drop a deal. They might on even top be cheaper. They could, they could even be like a dollar right now. Who knows? <laughs> People might be just handing them out in the street. They might be in a box of cereal like old days. Oh, can you imagine? <sighs> Someone needs to bring that back. I, I miss the days of, of buying uh, box cornflakes and getting Age of Empires or things like that in there. Like such, such a classic classic marketing marketing maneuver by uh, game devs back in the day yeah it's like who who links up cereal with gameplay but you know either way i i hope they are able to isolate what they need to fix i hope they fix it and i hope they come back guns blazing yeah me too like i I don't think the game is is completely dead in the water like we've seen countless games Ooh. uh in in that first year flounder like as as you mentioned like Destiny's a big one it, it sort of came out to some success but it didn't really find its footing until the taken king expansion came out and then all was well with the world and and you know righted wrongs and got fans keen again constantly constantly getting scrutinized so they're const- they're a roller coaster of you know redeeming <laughs> redeeming when they're faulted but yeah like even like games like no man's sky i mean they're the ones yeah. that can prove that they, you can sometimes just come back. Yeah, they they just need to take a take a page out of the the Ubisoft manual really, and look at what happens with like the Division and Siege and things. Like they sort of have have a bit of a bumpy initial release, and then in a year or so, their their player base is hungry and rabid, and they're dedicated, and, and the game has evolved and become maybe what it what it was destined to be from from the jump. So Ooh. we'll see how it goes. Like I'm I'm with you. Like if they can make the game meaningful and and have a real sense of accomplishment it'd be great because it was just very much vanilla copy paste enemies over and over and over like i had no real care of going and killing this wave of enemies or a lot of the bosses were were very forgettable there was no Ooh. real massive memorable moments in the game so if they can get a couple of pretty cool hooks in it where there is is some some real reward off the back of of grind then yeah i think i think players will flock back like buy buy buyware have a a very committed fan base you know i'm a card carrying member of said base so uh <laughs> i'll go back and give it a go you know but fool me three times you know, that's that's on me so we'll see how we go yeah and uh the next the next little nugget surprise to absolutely no one in the entire universe call of duty modern warfare uh, their battle royale mode has apparently been re- uh, leaked slash confirmed slash acknowledged slash whatever you want to say. Uh, a couple of gamers out there have uh, found various screens, have done some data mining, and mm-hmm. confirmed that this uh, this mode is called Warzone. That's going to follow a pretty similar blueprint, I would dare say, to Blackout, which was uh, in the previous Black Ops iteration. But uh, yeah, more more BR, not surprising. Mm-hmm. There is rumors this might be a standalone option where it could be bought on its own as just its own standalone entity or it can be packed in with with the full modern warfare experience but we'll get no doubt a lot more information on this over the coming few months because there is a lot of leaks popping up on this uh almost on the on the daily with new screenshots and and even players somehow glitched into the warzone um the warzone menu while trying to play call of duty the other day which i saw which is bonkers so that's um, great We'll see how it goes. I've got no real interest. I, I can't have too many b- battle royales going and I've, I've sort of planted my flag with Apex. Yeah. If I'm playing COD, I'm just going to be playing standard team deathmatch and domination and things. But mm-hmm. 
surprise no one, right? What do you think? Any any other I any mean, other opinions? I, I don't think it's going to surprise anyone. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare recently had a massive update. I think it was like a solid like 60, 80 gigabyte download update. So a um, bunch of new, um, I think there was a new character drop and then some new skins and, you know, all the fun stuff. But um, on the center console of the menu, there is this kind of like blanked out space. So there was a lot of speculation that's just for the mm-hmm. Battle Royale mode. So it's kind of like... No, duh. But it's an interesting like way people have kind of obtained this sort of information. The fact that people have glitched in there is yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no doubt this this mode's going to be out very shortly. And on the back of that, there'll probably be a lot more uh, microtransactions tied to it for Ooh. more unique skins and ga- gun charms and all that other crap that uh you know, generates the cheddar for Activision <laughs> and the other battle royale. Uh, developers out there so uh the last bit of news that i wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive on uh so i've grabbed a news article from tom phillips at eurogamer but i want to ask you this miss hart do you fancy owning a slice of video game history (laughs) how much Mm, that is the question so the infamous and ultra rare playstation snes prototype which was initially dug up in 2015 has finally been put up for auction so a little bit more news and uh, backstory on this nintendo and sony's brief dalliance during the snes era is reasonably well documented was a romance between the two and it was on the cards with the intent of producing a disc-based console together before the liaison broke down and Sony struck out solo, obviously bringing out the Sony PlayStation shortly thereafter. But while the two were talking prototype, Sony PlayStation's NES hardware was being tested and one such unit made headlines in 2015 after turning up a little worn but still working. The console was uncovered by father and son Terry and Dan Diebold, part of a box of items which once belonged to a now bankrupt company named Advanta, which used to employ Olaf Olufsen, the boss of Sony Computer Entertainment, back in 1992 when talks with Nintendo were going on. What a name. Yeah, Olaf <laughs> Olufsen. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fantastic. This prototype features both a disk drive and a SNES game cartridge slot and comes with unique SNES controller, which features Sony branding. Around 200 prototypes were made in general. Auctioneer site Heritage Auction states, almost most have been junked. This particular unit is the only one known publicly to still exist. By far, this is arguably one of the most notorious, mysterious, and controversial artifacts of the video game industry, Heritage Auctions description notes. This prototype has been around the world and back again, admired and appreciated by video game enthusiasts from all over. Even though this is the closing of this portion of its narrative, it will continue to remain a pivotal piece of video game history no matter where it ends up. As the saying goes, it belongs in a museum, but he's hoping whoever picks it up also enjoys playing it. We at Heritage can attest the prototype is working, the auction site concluded, as we've played a couple of rounds of Mortal Kombat on it using a Super Famicom cartridge. The auction concludes February 27th of 2020. And uh, to give you a quick idea, I don't know if you've clicked through to see how much it's currently going for. No, it's a mystery for me. Let me see if I can guess. Have a guess. So we've got uh, Mm. the auction ends uh, at the 27th of February. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have a guess what the current bid is at. $10,000. No, way, way higher. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, Fifty thousand. Okay. Higher. What? A hundred thousand? 
Current bid in US dollars is $350,000. Wow. Like, I guess it makes sense because it's a one of a kind and it's an item, a product, a baby of two very important gaming uh, companies. So I guess that makes sense. You're buying this little bastard embryo, so... Like it's it's a cool looking console. Like obviously you can see it leans more towards the the SNES uh, form factor and design as opposed to the PlayStation. But it's it's so crazy the fact that it's one of a kind, the only one working Ooh. in the world today, allegedly. Uh, and yeah, game game collectors from all over would be going mad to get this in their collection. Like, mm. And obviously you can see that's reflecting the current bid price. And yeah. we're still a few weeks out of when this when this closes. So that thing is going to go, anyone that knows eBay and things, you, they know those last few minutes <laughs> is when the bids really go. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I really hope that some kind of gaming museum or, you know, like someone that's really going to look after it and maybe even have it on show for everyone else to see and experience and witness like that sounds like where it should be um so we'll either see maybe either one of the like companies maybe either like sony or nintendo maybe getting their hands on it or maybe a museum or we're just going to see one of those crazy collectors who's probably going to put their house on <laughs> market just yeah. so they can get their hands on it to say i have it yeah like because this yeah you'd be the only person in the world like to have this like this, this thing's been around since around 92 is the approximate date of uh of this console so it's mm. it's it's a very very old old unit uh you know 28 years old now uh, and yeah, these these bids are no joke. Like the the minimum bid increment uh, increase now is ten thousand dollars. So <laughs> so ten thousand dollars at a time. This thing's going to go up at a minimum uh, with every with every uh, sort of bid that's going to follow from this three hundred fifty thousand US. So I'm, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, like I mean, it makes sense too because like anyone would be stupid and just throw bids in there. So I guess like, it's good that they have the ten thousand minimum. But like. I I worry about where like items like this kind of goes. Like, it it is it's pretty important. Like it, see, it's it's a physical piece of like gaming history that mm-hmm. you know something that didn't come like you know come to be. And um, can, can you imagine? Can you mm. imagine if if that merger happened and they did co-release a console and the Sony PlayStation, like it just became, I don't know, the Nintendo PlayStation or whatever (laughs) it was. And they were just one entity now. And we only had them and Microsoft. Like, can you imagine the gaming landscape? Mm. Well, like, so I'm assuming also around that time, what what was Sega doing? (laughs) They had the Dreamcast. Yeah, they had the Dreamcast around this time. So, so, so Sega was still, was still a thing. Uh, they they were existing and, and still relevant in the hardware space, mm. but um yeah. yeah, what could have been, huh? Yeah, no, like like would it, would have it been the competitive market? Would have we seen like titles and the progression of gaming and graphics and that competitiveness and how it just leads to better quality products, better quality graphics, better games, better like you know how everything kind of just evolves because of that competitive nature, like. What, what you know, would have that all just been hindered or 
would have it's, just it's gone very interesting. beyond. Like if if we would have got more of that Japanese influence off the back of Nintendo, where mm. you, you look at a lot of their gaming history, they they don't take like they take risks. Don't get me wrong, and and they've brought out some very very special special franchises over the years. But you know we've never seen them make something. Uh, like the last of us for example like would naughty dog end up getting acquired by microsoft or if sega was still a thing and it's a it's a sega owned franchise and we're still seeing these sega consoles getting made in this day and age it's all these things where you can sort of hypothetical uh thought processes of what may or may not have occurred like it's it's very interesting to think about that's for sure yeah well it didn't happen and look at where we are now gamers playstation yeah. isn't gonna be at e3 nintendo will be microsoft will be outside yeah and uh jeff Keeley ain't ain't rocking yeah. up to e3 he's no longer he's... doing was it the coliseum is that what it's called yeah yeah mm. first time that he's that he's not going to be at an e3 in 25 years so uh Ooh. very big milestone for for mr Keeley. Mm. and uh, not at all surprised obviously the the esa stuff just constantly shooting themselves in the foot and causing drama after drama after drama no one has mm. any faith in that organization anymore so no. yeah e3 they really need to pivot and uh get their get their sort of <laughs> their affairs in order <laughs> because um yeah they are on the downhill very quickly and, and a lot of these online mini conferences that's that's the way of the future i think yeah. we can all agree that that's the way to go the 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 costs of running those is substantially less than than doing a, a physical physical show that runs several days and and moving staff you know interstate for that for those few days and build time and pack down and all that stuff like mm-hmm. yeah yeah but uh yeah that's that's been the news for this week uh, I'm curious to see where this uh, Nintendo PlayStation prototype ends up let's uh let's have a have a little guess so it's at 350 US what do you think mm. the final price is going to be 350 US. Maybe we'll finish on 500, maybe around there. Okay, I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go 800. Oh, okay. That's I'm going to go I'm going to I'm going to shoot my shot and I'm going to say 800 because what's stopping one of these rich millionaires or billionaires just going, "You know what? I want this in my collection. I do not care." Like mm. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's it's insane. Like I saw um Mr. Amazon the other day just bought the most expensive property ever recorded in the united states or something he spent like 250 million on a house in beverly hills the other day but hasn't, Some like hasn't he nine been also, acre thing he's been selling his shares though too hasn't he yeah so yeah got a new girlfriend now obviously him and his wife have separated and and she made quite a hefty sum good uh, for her yeah but <laughs> yeah he 200 can, man, can you imagine spending a quarter of a billion dollars on a house I can't even imagine having the money for just a normal house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck the two million. The world we live in. Eat the rich. Yep. But yeah, this has been uh, episode 182 of the Hunger Games podcast. Anything you want to say or add or throw out there to the listeners before we close this down for another week, Miss Hart? I do. I want to drop two things. First of all, I did watch Birds of Prey. Now, um, after having kind of a to and fro with you and Jack last week, I just want to say that I did see the movie. I personally didn't enjoy the first half of it. I felt like it was very slow. Um, it really kind of was all over the place. A lot of, like you said, a lot of editing choices that they made in, um, getting that story across. However, there is a specific scene. Oh, I don't think it's a spoiler if I just say it was in a jail. Um, and then I feel from that point, it kind of picks up, um, 
my biggest concern originally for this movie was the characters and how they were going to be portrayed. They actually did very, very well doing their own interpretations of these characters. Uh, Black Canary and Huntress were great. I freaking love them. I can't wait for their movie spinoff. They're just adorable, lovable, not like, and I hate using this term, but like try-hardy, in-your-face kind of characters. You know how they really try to push a character onto you? Um, I think they just, they brought them in um, and it was done really, really well. So I'm actually really looking forward. They have really good organic kind of interaction as well which is really hard to convey in a movie so they those girls did really good um ewan mcgregor did great i apologize i, I don't know the actor's name i loved name. him yeah i he loved was, him as, he as was, black mask yeah i and you know what he remained consistent to the character like you know how sometimes when they try to do a villain or a specific character sometimes like the character's motives or like you know their personality traits kind of flutter all over the place just to suit story progression Yep, yep. They they kept it with him. And I also want to say, as a person who loves, like, DC villains, um, I was worried about the look of um, Zaz because usually he's portrayed, you know, shaved, barely wearing clothes and with, you know, markings Scars all everywhere over. and yeah. what have you, yeah. But I actually really liked this character. And like I said, they didn't flash it into your face too much about really his deep, you know, hatred of women and, you know, his kind of character, but they conveyed what he was about really, really well. The soundtrack is great. So I'm, that's what I'm going to say about the movie. A lot of people have been pretty upset like with me saying that I didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else did. Um, but that's my honest feedback. And, you know, so that's where we can go with it. So I would I'm agree right with, you. with you. Though. I agree with you. I would give that about maybe a six. Um, yeah. But I just like where this can lead. Is what yeah, I'm going to take away I from think, it. I think ultimately it's it's a positive step for DC or DC the DC film universe at the very least. I agree exactly with what you said regarding characters weren't forced, like outside of Harley Quinn, who's obviously forced down your throat right from the Story, jump yeah. through the entirety of the movie, mm-hmm. almost to a painful degree at times yes. it felt like. But the rest of the characters, they just organically get sort of embedded into you throughout the throughout the movie and. And Ewan McGregor was so committed to that role. I, mm-hmm. I want to see him play villains in, in all superhero movies. Like, he was great. Mm-hmm. I really liked, you know, he tiptoeing that line of insanity almost, it feels like, and just mm-hmm. this this rich, hyper-violent, uh, you know, mob mob member. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a good feast for the senses, that's for sure. And, and, yeah, that's one thing I missed last week. The soundtrack is is really great, and it, it keeps the movie going at a, at a pretty cracking pace, especially and for the, the, the second half. Fighting choreography was pretty impressive i actually really enjoyed the fighting scene so i also went to a fucked up cinema called 4dx where water sprays in your face and the oh like the big 4d experience yeah because i'm like if something's gonna save this movie it's adding that experience but that's just a whole nother level um but i'm totally gonna do it again i think for fast and the furious for shits and giggles um And my second thing was I watched the Dice Awards. I just want to bring across that the main thing from the Dice Awards that I got, um, unfortunately, it's awkward. Like I, I kind of brought up before, like a lot of these shows are pretty awkward. But um, one of the consistent things that was said during the awards was um, a lot of devs were saying like thanks and apologizing for the amount of time that they were taken away from their families in order to make these games. So I just wanted to highlight that from the Dice Awards and just get us all out there as gamers just to remember, 
what time and dedication go into being made these games and some of the sacrifices devs are out there making especially like the smaller ones they're, they're the ones that really got to put everything in so um just remember that i guess every time that we go out there and we criticize and we talk about a game just remember all the sacrifices behind the scenes that are being made with that so and it's saying that uh Goose Game got Game of the Year somehow. Yeah, so. House House winning Game them. of the Year at the Dice Awards. Like, I'll do I'll do the reads. So since 2015, Fallout 4, Overwatch, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, God of War, and the 2019 Game of the Year, Untitled Goose Game. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's bananas. It's it really bananas. Is bananas. It's it's this level of kind of you saw who they were up against, which is pretty much the same that they went against at the Game Awards. Um. But um, yeah, uh, it's it's both levels of surprising but happiness. So yeah. congratulations to them. Yeah, it's good to see that the underdogs from Australia, a small indie studio about a goose that is just a bastard, winning <laughs> game of the year. Like it is, it's it's crazy. But you know, in this climate, you know, Trump's president, Goose Games game of the year. I'm not <laughs> at all surprised. Yeah, but overall, unfortunately, the Dice Awards was equally as awkward as we have come to expect. So audience, I'm curious. Do you think we should be having all these game awards or should we just have one, invest the money in it and put some production value? I'm curious what people feel about these kind of semi-awkward events like, and how we feel about them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like the game awards, like Jeff Keighley's game awards. I think they're done probably as good as we get <laughs> at the moment. I re- there could be some, Im- some improvements, but I think they've got They've got the special source at the moment mm-hmm. as far as the, the right formula for that. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that and get a little bit of listener and fan feedback and, and see what they think as well. Ooh. But yeah, this has been episode 182 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. As I mentioned earlier, please rate, review, subscribe us on all your podcast hosting platforms because those reviews help keep the emotional lights on. In our hearts, once you're done reviewing us, be sure to review all the other members of the hashtag 8 Collective because it keeps us tracking, keeps us relevant, doesn't cost you anything, and it's just a very good deed to do. So pay it forward, please, listeners. But uh, yeah, this has been episode 182. I've been Brendan. You can find me at Brendan 8-Bit. That has been Ali. You can find her at Miss Ellie Hart. But until next week, 8-Bit Nation for episode 183, where we may or may not have a special guest, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.